All right, Yuli, you mentioned these glasses. Do you have the glasses on you? Um, no, I don't. Well, I've never seen you with glasses. Um, we're always interested in new tech, anything like that at all. So if you did have it, you would you would tell us though, right? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead, continue with your story. And uh, we're very anxious to see and hear uh, what took place in this real life scenario, um, especially with how you were able to somehow beat um, the signal. Okay. Intense shivering shook my body as I stared through the darkened lenses. Light shining around me, oozing through me, pulling me in, teasing me to see more. If I could only see more, light glowing warm and tantalizing from the screen on the counter, I was certain I would understand everything. Already, my understanding had grown, for in the briefest of time I understood how to disarm an opponent with my bare hands, and the way to putting a man on his back was as easy as a high forward kick and a sweeping motion to knock him onto his back. A stomp with my right boot coming down from a high arc to his face would finish my opponent completely without breaking a sweat. But I was suddenly on my back fighting for breath, my brain telling me of excruciating pain in my calves. I could tell the glasses were off my head since I no longer saw the light. At least, not the same way I had seen it. I wanted to see more of it. I had to see more of it. Hey, where's the light? I demanded. We pulled the plug, Tyler said flatly, standing over me while massaging his temples. Why? I asked, totally pissed. Because it will change us, that's why, Xavier said, walking back around the counter. Change us into them, Xavier said, jerking his head toward the door. Isn't that what they were calling him, Tyler? The change? That's right, Tyler said weakly, massaging the back of his neck. But I was learning so much. I mean, I could feel the knowledge going into me. I could see it, know it. It was like a download, Xavier said, his eyes still looking out toward the street. I guess so, but you make it sound like a bad thing, I said. It ain't a good thing, Tyler said. Right now, the only thing I want to do is walk down the middle of the street and pick off every bad guy I see. I feel like a martial arts expert, I said, like I really know how to do it. Muscle memory and everything. Xavier pulled a che cheap green plastic chair from against the wall and dropped heavily into it so he was sitting next to me. He cleared his throat and said, It's cognitive training, plain and simple. I believe it, Tyler said, but I also believe if I don't eat something soon, I'm going to collapse again. I wanted to ask more about cognitive training and who was doing the training, but I didn't have the energy. So I asked Xavier where the light was coming from. The touchscreen cash register, he said, jerking his head toward the counter above me. And I want to thank you for saving my life, he said, looking in my eyes before slapping me in the shoulder and standing up. If you hadn't got me away from the light, I'd be raging on the street with the rest of them. Anyway, I'm starving. Yeah, well, thanks for saving me. You told me to put the glasses on and must have knocked me down, I said. Don't mention it, Xavier said. You need to be more careful next time. I nodded, suddenly realizing what was wrong. Hey, where's Finn McCool? He didn't like the light, so he went to the back room, Tyler said. I filled up a big bowl of water for him and gave him a thick stack of sliced ham. He gorged himself and sprawled out on the cement floor back in the kitchen. Thanks. In reply, Tyler waved his hand then went back to rubbing his temples. Come on, Xavier said, extending a hand. I reached for it, and he pulled me onto my feet. My knees felt weak, and my calves were killing me. How many times did you hit me in the calves, I asked, rubbing them. Let's just say you didn't go down the first time I kicked you. Remember, I was still lying on the ground at the time. Quit complaining. We were all hungry, but we didn't end up eating that much. Our brains were still recovering from the download, and our stomachs were still catching up. Somehow, the refrigeration in the deli cases were still running, so the whole power outage thing was still not making sense to me. I couldn't see how all vehicles of the computer chips had stopped running, and all the power in my hometown had been turned off. Yet, in this town, a hoagie shop still had power. 
Finn wagged his tail happily when I turned the corner into the kitchen, but he didn't look up. His belly was swollen, full of ham and water, bulging on the cement as he lay there, smiling up at me. It was the happiest I had seen him, even when I had released him from the cab of the pickup truck. But then he was more relieved to be free than anything else. I walked over to him and scratched around his ears. Good boy. He thumbed his tail on the concrete as I walked over to the sink to wash my hands. I joined Xavier and Tyler back out front, where I found them piling ham and salami on a paper plates. I followed their lead and grabbed two bags of potato chips. We all sat down at a square table in front of the counter and ate in silence. It was weird, because I knew I should be hungry, but I had to make myself eat. Instead of food, I thought only of the light, a hot, glowing, penetrating light that had already taught me so much. I wondered how much more I could have learned had Xavier not put a stop to it. I flushed with anger, fighting an urge to hit Xavier squarely in the face. I looked at him, and I could have sworn he was thinking the same thing. My eyes flicked to Tyler, but I couldn't tell what he was thinking. His face downward as he picked out his food on the table in front of him. I took a swig from my water bottle and put a slice of ham in my mouth. The more I ate, the hungrier I got. Before long, I had cleaned my plate. Still, no one had talked. Instead, we stole nervous glances out of the big storefront window. Wherever the mob had gone, we couldn't hear it or see it. The fact that they had all disappeared was no comfort, but I figured they must have left if Finn was back in the kitchen relaxing. At least, that's what I told myself. That moment, I didn't dare ask about the change, and neither Xavier nor Tyler mentioned the mob either. Finally, I spoke. What time is it? Not sure, Xavier said, but I'm not looking at anything electronic in here. I almost had a heart attack a few minutes ago when I saw the digital thermostat in the deli case. Felt sure I was going to have another episode. Tyler laughed, a tired laugh. We better find a place to sleep tonight. I think around, I think it's around six now, which means you have two and a half or three hours of light at best. And I don't want to be on the street or in the car when those things come out again. Not after last night. What happened to you last night? I asked, suddenly curious. I'll tell you some other time, Tyler said. Catch me on some sunny morning, I might tell you the story. Xavier stood up. Let's go, fellas. Tyler's right. We don't have much time. We could just stay here, I said. There's food and power and running water. And a giant front window big enough to drive a truck through, Xavier said, almost to himself. Tyler slid out of his chair as I pulled myself up, stacked their plates from the table, and stuffed it all in the trash can by the floor. I thought I saw moving outside down the street, but I turned away and headed back toward the kitchen. I didn't want to know who was out there, but it reminded me that I didn't have the shotgun. I turned around in place, looking for it. I nearly called out to the guys, but I saw it lying flat on, on the counter. I grabbed it and slung it on my shoulder. Let's take whatever we can carry and head back to the car, Xavier said as he heaved a carton of bottles of water under his arm. Tyler held up a white plastic first aid kit the size of a lunchbox with big red letters on it that said OSHA. I looked around for something to take along before settling on a big cardboard flat of pretzels wrapped in plastic. They nodded at me in approval. They all headed for the fire exit in the back presumably the loading dock. I made a clicking sound twice with my tongue, and Fimical leapt to his feet, snail scratching on the tile floor. Xavier pushed open the, the door slightly and looked around. Finn came to the, to the open door and sniffed, his nose going up as his nostrils flares, scenting the air. He took his time, and would let him take his time since he was our best early warning system. Finally satisfied, pushed open the door with his extra-large shaggy head, and we followed him outside as he headed back to our car as if following a homing device. I think we all wanted to run to the car and get away as soon as we could, but we also didn't want to draw attention to ourselves. So we stepped fast and light behind Finn, who trotted ahead of us, his claws tapping rhythmically on the blacktop. So far, so good, I thought, and I could see the car up ahead just where we had left it. Then a frightening thought occurred to me. Tell me you have the keys, I said, 
Xavier began feeling all his pockets, no keys. Started getting from the top, working his way down toward the pockets in the jeans. Nothing. Man, I, I don't know, he mumbled. Xavier, I nearly hissed. I know, hold up, he said, snapping his fingers before jamming them into his front jeans pocket. When he chuckled softly and jangled them in front of me, I said a silent prayer of thanks. We made it to the car without accident. The car started up like it was trying to make up for almost getting us killed. Xavier wasted no time turning onto the street and continuing north through Camp Hill, sitting in the back seat with Finn again. Windows down and the wind blowing in our hair. I never would have thought we were heading straight for an ambush.